when people, if they go look you up and they see your videos, they might go, oh, no. Oh, my. <laughs> right. right. They're like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Wait. He's got girls in the video. and Girls and cars. He's got money and, and like cars. Money. And they're like, <laughs> did I screw that up? And you can get Listen Up for only 14 Today on Pod Have Mercy, um, which is a podcast we do here through Chapwood, but it has it extends out and it's got a pretty broad um, connection of people. Then we talk about faith, we talk about life, we talk about when Matt Russell has been here with us. We've talked about creatives, whether it's the iconoclast they do, arts and music and poetry. So today uh, is a good friend, Arsia, Arsia Komeli, Komeli. I'm yes, saying sir. it good. All right. You say it perfect. <laughs> and um, Arsia is a member at Chapelwood, and you and I met, I guess, not long after you got here in 2017. Right. And you became a Christian and wanted to be baptized. True. You are from Iran. You immigrated here in 2016. End of 2016. End of 2016. And um, how old were you then? I was 20. 20. Yeah, I turned 21, three months after I came here. So we're going to talk about a lot of stuff because what people may not know about you is uh, Arshia is also A.K. Arshi. Yes, that's you my are, stage name. That's your yeah. stage name. Right. <laughs> he is uh, in hip-hop, uh, rapper, hip-hop. You you do music in English and Farsi. And Farsi. Yep. And uh, you've become a creative. You've got your own company now. This guy who I watched who was barely being able to couldn't find the money to pay for tuition in school at the University of Houston. We're going to talk right. about that, too, and how successful you were in that. Appreciate now that. you're doing all this kind of stuff, of making videos, doing music, um, getting written up uh, on this, uh, you know, these websites about oh, yeah, news. articles. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just great. So just to introduce people, born in Iran, half Persian, half black, uh, Arshia yeah. is, came to Houston in 2016. You graduated from Houston with a 4.0. 4.0. Which, straight A's. Which I saw that coming. Yeah, straight A's. <laughs> straight A's. <laughs> he was coming, and, and Arshia, people may not know this too, like when you were starting, he was like finding every little thing he could to like make money happen. I like had he to. was selling, remember when you were selling sunglasses? I had to. Sunglasses, hats, <laughs> he was everything. Sunglasses, yeah. Hats, everything. Whatever he needed to do. And um, we, we helped a little bit with the scholarship, but not nearly as much yeah. as you made for yourself. You made things happen. Um, that was a big help. Yeah, but no, I'm just saying, you, everything that you are at this place, I mean, you fought hard, and you, you've just uh, you've just done a great job. So Appreciate I think beginning, tell a little bit, uh, those great video we found, uh, one of your videos where at the beginning it has some home footage video right. of you, kind of your story leading up to 2016. Yes. We may use that intro in this. But yeah. talk to us about growing up in Iran. And in 2016, you you decided to to leave. I decided to run away. Yeah, yeah. I had to escape. But uh, so yeah, I grew up in Iran, and uh, Iran is a different country. I think it might be hard for a lot of people to understand how living in a country like that is under a theocratic government. Mm. Uh, it's a lot of pressure, a lot of social pressure, and that social pressure also makes like you know parents to be more like restrict about a lot, more strict about a lot of stuff. And uh, so I grew up in a community like that. But uh, when we were growing up, a lot of things were changing because newer generation was like, you know, uh, coming to the surface and they were like pushing all the boundaries. Uh, for us, it was uh, music, 
it was fashion, it was uh, a lot of things, especially about like social media because Facebook yeah. was like popping. And uh, what we started to do was we started to like, you know, make like little political jokes, make memes, uh, post our pictures because before that all this suffered like, oh no. Like if anyone would have done stuff like that in a community like Iran, automatically they would be banned. They would be like, you know, under a lot of pressure and uh, because the government, the Islamic government in Iran, they got agents. Uh, they watch everything. Yeah. They watch everything. They watch like uh, schools because, you know, schools are segregated. And um, so girls go to one school, guys got to, got to go to another school. So everything's segregated. They watch everything, internet, uh, social medias, everything. And uh, that's also when I realized that I have to, like, you know, make a little change for myself. I have to leave the country because I got detained when I was oh. 16. Wow. Yeah. And uh, for saying or doing something for posting a political joke on Facebook, <laughs> okay. yeah, they called me out. Uh, I was it was during the math class that I had. I was sitting over there. It was nine thirty a.m. something like that. They knocked on the door. Three guys walked in. They called me out. They were like, "Arshia Kameli, come with us." The whole class was silent. Everyone was looking around. They were looking at me like, <gasps> I was like, "Is this a joke?" Oh man! And they were like, "Walk out." I walked out, and these people, when you look at them, you're going to know the difference between, like, regular people and the agents. <laughs> because, you know, they have, like, you know, they wear, like, you know, clothes that covers, like, everything, and they have, like, big beards and everything. You know, they don't look like, you know, kind yeah, people. Like people <laughs> yeah, they're not kind. Yeah, they're not yeah. at all. Yeah, so they called me out. I walked out. They detained me. Uh, they were asking me questions. Who pays you? I was like, I wish someone was paying me. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, so who are you connected to? And that's when I realized, I was like, oh, man, if I want to keep doing what I'm doing right now, I'll be in big trouble in Iran. Hmm. Yeah, that's when I realized I was like, it might You know, be people read about stuff like that, yeah, right, yeah. Jeff? Or you hear stories or maybe you envision stories for you to live it. I mean, how scared mm -hmm. were you when they pulled you out of the class? I was scared, but uh, also because we've been hearing stories like that. So I knew it might happen, but I didn't know... If it's gonna happen to someone like me, because yeah. I was like, a joke on Facebook, not gonna hurt anyone. And you got with like 400 likes, and that's it, right? I didn't know that they're watching, like, you know, even small accounts. And uh, after that happened, my account actually started going bigger. Mm. Yeah, so I became like a Facebook influencer. And that's when they reached out to me. They were like, watch out, <laughs> don't post anything again. And I was like, oh man, they're watching everything. And then uh, I was talking to my mom because uh, I grew up with my mom. And um, my dad left when I was like three. And uh, my mom was like, all right, it might be about time for you to pack your stuff and leave. I will help you with everything that I can. Mm -hmm. But she didn't really have anything, you know, so it was like our, our options were very limited. Yeah. And uh, I was also blessed by the presence of, of someone in my life called Dr. Olia. He lives here in Houston. Yeah. I love this man. And uh, he's the one who actually like helped me with everything, uh, who helped me get my I-20 from University of Houston, mm -hmm. uh, who helped me to um, sell it down here, who introduced me to the church, you know? Mm. And uh, yeah, so he was talking to me one day and he was like, uh, apply for six major universities in the United States. You have good grades, um, get your IELTS. IELTS is like a, a score for like, you know, people to show their uh, like skills in English. Okay. If you can talk pro like properly, if you can write, if you can listen, and uh, one more skill. And um, yeah, so, you know, four major skills in yeah. English. And um, so I did all those stuff. I gathered all the documents. I was like, let me apply. I applied to six universities, UCLA, Harvard, 
uh, University of Houston, uh, University of Texas, Austin, uh, MIT, and... Uh, Shooting high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the UCSD, San Diego. All right. And uh, all six of them accepted me. Are you, that's great. <laughs> that was crazy, yeah. But uh, I decided to come to Houston. It was the cheapest one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, options were limited, so I had to. Yeah. And uh, also, University of Houston offered me 50% scholarship, so I was yeah. like, that helps a lot. Yeah. Awesome. But still, it was a lot because the uh, yeah. conversion ratio between, like, you know, uh, Iranian real and U.S. dollar is crazy. It's unbelievable, especially right now. Especially yeah. right now, it's like, I think it's So money coming well. from home, even if you were getting some support at all from your mom, it's yes. not going to translate to much over here. Not at all. Like, yeah. I came here with $450 in my pockets. Yeah. $500 total. Man, you are an American dream story. True. You know, it's so funny how many Americans now... You know, we talk about immigration. That's a big thing on the news. Right. And sometimes we forget that there's these great stories. This is the American story. I mean, you know, United States of America, you come over with like nothing in you and you work hard and you earn right. your way and, you, and, and you're successful. So you go to University of Houston and I know that was a, it was a tough season for in your life. You were working, you were... Um, you're doing everything, you hustling, working, <laughs> studying eight hours a day, hustling, all of that, <laughs> making money to pay for school, uh, selling sunglasses, selling hats, uh, <laughs> on social media, you were doing all these sorts of things that you could do everything. And what amazes me is all that you've been through. I mean, you took school seriously. Yeah. I mean, you finished with a 4.0. I had to, I'm just newsflash. I didn't finish with a 4.0. Yeah. <laughs> no. In any of my in any of my degrees in school. Jeff, did, how about you? No. 4.0? Nope. Nope. No. 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 I Do you want to hey. talk about it? I don't know. Not, I can't I can't disclose what yeah. I actually think. We're not going to post you. GPAs. Arshi has already uh, he's already won that one by, yeah. by a long shot. Yeah, and so it. accepted all these colleges, go to Houston, you graduate 4.0 and you get out of that. Um, I'm also interested in just stepping back a little bit to 2017 right. when you showed up at Chapelwood. Right. And that was interesting to me because you show up at church and you're like, hey, can I come talk to you? Yeah. And I'm like, some kid from Iran. But now you came in, I just remember. Yeah. Young and green, and but just, um, gosh, the future ahead of you. But how, yeah. how did you end up here? And then I remember one of the first conversations, you're like, I want to be baptized. Right. Talk about that, just that part of your faith journey. Because yes. coming from Iran, I'm sure there's Christians there, but probably not very many. I don't, I don't know how that works. Yeah, works. not but. a lot. That was a, that was a big decision, but uh, I knew I have to do it. You know, um, well, the main reason was because when I, when I was growing up with my mom, my mom had a, had a Bible at the house. And uh, it was a translation in Farsi. Mm-hmm. But um, because I read Quran. I read Torah, parts of it, and then I read Bible. I read philosophy because I was a very curious person when I was growing up. I had questions about everything. I was like, I have to figure stuff out. And uh, there was a point in my life that I was like, I don't think I want to, like, you know, be under the same rule that is destroying all these lives in Iran. And I'm not trying to talk negatively about, like, anyone, anyone's opinions. Everyone Mm -hmm. can, like, believe in whatever they want to. But for me... uh, that wasn't that wasn't it. I couldn't be the same person that I was because I felt like uh, I was being uh, restricted mm-hmm. by by the Sharia law, whatever they want to call it, by the Islamic government, like w- that ideology. <clears throat> it was restricting me very much as a person, as an artist, as a human. 
And uh, that's when I started reading Bible. And uh, I knew it. I think it was the most important part of it, like the moment that I knew I have to like, you know, do something for myself and I don't want to be the same person anymore was when I read, I think it was uh, John uh, chapter one, verse 12, when um, it, I think it's about uh, perseverance and it's telling you like, you know, those who persevered and the Lord going to give them the crown of life eventually, something like that, mm -hmm. uh, because I'm <laughs> translating my head from Farsi to English. So, mm -hmm. and uh, that's when I was like, yep. I think I have to change something for myself. And at that point, I was 15. And then when I was 16, that little incident happened. I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. So 17, 18, I was just working, trying to, like, you know, save up a little bit of money. And uh, I was designing stuff for people in Iran. So back then, I was doing the same thing. But it was more limited. You know, I was trying to, like, push my little business on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Then they stopped the business. When I was 19, they told me, they were like, you have to close it down. I was like, why? Really? They were like, you have designs that we don't approve. And those designs were like, like kids playing or stuff like that. I was like, <laughs> why? But uh, just graphic designs, graphic like designs, for, yeah, for yeah. t-shirts, for okay. stuff like that. So they didn't like that. And now it's too much that they can't stop it anymore. And uh, but yeah, back then everything was different, and uh, I knew I have to change my path. And then I decided to come here, and I came here, and uh, then I came to Chapelwood. I think it was the fourth or fifth month. After I started school, that uh, Dr. Olio was like, by the way, I have a great neighbor, and uh, he's going to Chapelwood. So if you want to go and check out, like, you know, the community, because he knew about, like, you know, mm -hmm. my faith, and he knew that I really want to change myself as a person. And uh, he was like, why don't you go check out Chapelwood? And uh, I was like, sure, I'll go check it out. And the first time I came, I was alone. Yeah, No one came with me, you know. Which is which takes a lot of stones. I mean, yeah. For you, young, new here, from just Rent, myself, and especially driving in this neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I was driving around. I was like, I love these houses. You know, it was <laughs> yeah, beautiful. I, yeah, I was looking around. I was, was like, this nice, is beautiful. Nice yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it had a great vibe. You know, that's the most important thing. And um, I just knew it was the right thing for me to do. As soon as I walked in the church, it was this. I, I can't even explain it because some people might not believe in energy, but uh, it just hit me. And I was sitting there, uh, well, you were speaking, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I was just watching you speak. And then, you know, uh, it was kind of cool because I didn't know that there are churches, because where I come from, churches are not like this, you know, like playing like music and stuff like that. That was so interesting to me. I was sitting there like, you know, just uh, amazed by the whole thing. I was like, this is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I knew I did the right thing. And then I spoke to you about it. And um, I made my decision. Hmm. I was like, yes, and I'm very serious. And what I did have very big consequences in Iran. In Iran, the consequence of what I did converting to Christianity is execution, is death. But I'm not scared of nothing, not anymore. Hmm. I have my faith. You know, I have God. I have Jesus. So I you can't go back. Me. No. You couldn't. You, you, when, when you... When you made that decision and when you were baptized at the because I ask, I remember asking you, like, do you want to do this in the service in public or do you want to do it private? Because yes. we, we, we've done a baptism for another. Uh, I talked to you about someone else here from Iran and they wanted to do it in yeah. private because they still have some extended family. And you were like, no, I want to do this 
I want to do it in yeah. public. I want to do it in the service. I remember. Yeah. Um, I took, I mean, talking about a lot of stones to show up and then to be baptized. I don't think a lot of people here can understand your journey and those decisions that you make. Right. And just, yeah, that, that faith that's, that filled you and changed you, but just the bravery, uh, the courage, you know, to make that decision. And then, and then knowing that, like, you can't go back. No, I cannot. And uh, then after that, my activism part started. So I knew I have a bigger reason for everything. For everything that happened, I knew there was probably like, you know, a bigger reason. But I didn't know what it was till like recently, like mm -hmm. two years ago. And, um, yeah, what I did was, was pretty big because I know it influenced a lot of other people to just be who they are, you know, to uh, be more uh, brave about their decisions. So before we get to that, so... Mm -hmm. so your avenue became, was the activism first or was the, the hip-hop first? Because you've always kind of had a love for hip-hop. Right. Because even in those, those early videos when you're still in Iran, it was you're still freestyling, freestyling on the rooftop. Yeah. Yep. All right. So I was freestyling. And people may not understand. We might have a bunch of old folks listen to this that don't do <laughs> hip-hop and rap. But uh, I grew up on the Beastie Boys. Right. You know, and run DMC. So I'm, I'm dangerous. DMC, you know, yeah. I know enough about Let's that. Let's go. But... Um, but yeah, there was it was a uh, it was a uh, and of course now it's such a big part of the culture, right? You know because it is right now. it is poetry, it's yes. lyrics, lyrics it's raw. There's an art to it, and yep. I was telling folks that you know you have kind of a persona too when you are AKRshi, yes. right? That when people if they go look you up and they see your videos, they might go, oh no, <laughs> oh my, right? Right? They're like, whoa, whoa. what is this? Wait. <laughs> He's got girls in the video and <laughs> girls he's and got cars money and, and cars like money. and there might even be <laughs> yeah. handguns chains and, rifles, and tattoos chains and, and what's going and on. And then you sit here and, you and I told Jeff, we were, I was showing him some videos and I was like, yeah, but when you meet him, I was like, this is sort of, and, it, and it's, uh, I heard, I was telling them, I heard a sit down with, uh, with Jay-Z, right. you, know, you said it's been an influence in your life. Definitely. And it's interesting because I can't remember if it was David Letterman on one of those specials or something, but it was a long form interview. He sits there and he's nothing like he is when he's rapping. Right. And he says, you know, there's, there's in some ways it's kind of a character, not really a character, but it's kind of, you slip into this different identity when you're, That's there. True. you're, you're and so all the braggadocious, all the, the stuff that happens in hip hop is kind of the culture of how, how they, slam each other, talk to each other, diss each other, back and right. forth, all that kind of stuff. So was the hip-hop first or the activism first for you? Or it the, was hip-hop first. So hip-hop yeah. first. So that was part of your life already yes. when you were here and you were in school. Were you doing it while you were in school? or I was freestyling. I was writing. I was freestyling because I'm a lyricist. I have mm -hmm. to write down stuff. I have to like go bar by bar and like you know give it a bigger meaning. I, I love like you know putting metaphors in it, you know stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I'm very lyrical. I don't like that mumble rap. It's just not my personality, you know. Like, yeah. I, I can't do that, you know. I'm like I, I need lyrics. I need to like you know uh, give like a bigger meaning to everything. Mm -hmm. I need to use like words with like power stuff like that. And uh, end of the day, you know, it was like. Uh, I needed a, a strong message between be behind everything because I was like where I come from and everything that I'm doing right now. I wanted to just like uh, encourage other people to do better for themselves too. So even like in the in the songs that I was like uh, talking about all those money and stuff like that, it wasn't just about that. I was also telling people, telling like kids to stay dedicated, to be a good person, to stay with your family, with your friends, help each other to grow. That's the most important thing, mm -hmm. like community. 
I'm trying to teach them about community and like uh, especially uh, when like two years ago everything changed, but we will get there. But yeah. the first when everything started, uh, oh, activism I think is a part of every Iranian at this point. Yeah, like I th I feel like if you don't do stuff like that, especially if you come from the con the country that I come from, it's like you're just not being a real Iranian because mm. how can you see you know your uh, brothers and sisters get shot in the streets and not talk about it. Hmm. How can you see all these young kids in the, like, you know, prison and just not talk about it? Close your eyes. Like, what type of person are you if you do that? You know, so um, I feel like 80% of the people are like that. Unfortunately, the repression is pretty real back there in Iran. Yeah. It's easy for them. Killing people, putting people in jail, imprisoning people is so easy. So activism yeah. was always back there, kind of. But, but again, but came. again, another step in courage right. for you, right? Coming over, it's courageous. I mean, even speaking out when you're over there, it's pretty courageous. Coming over, you know, becoming a Christian, courageous. Going through school, doing what you needed to do to hustle is courageous. And now then saying, you know, I want to speak into right. this. Because that's not, I mean, if you look at what's going on in the world today, whether it's Russia or Iran or North Korea or whatever, people, they can find you outside of just, those countries too, can. if they want to, yeah, right. And when you look at what's going on, I was just looking up a couple of these things. I mean, people don't know. People think we're bad here because we have inflation at like four or five. You know, it's been high it's inflation right compared. now, and, yeah. and the inflation in December of twenty two in Iran, well, actually May of twenty three, like was fifty five. Fifty five, yeah, something like that. It's crazy. Fifty five percent inflation. Yeah. All right, so. When you think about um, the value of money, what things cost, you could imagine people are not happy. Not at all. They're tolerating, but... <laughs> they, well, because of the force. It's, 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 it's yeah. fear. It's by fear, yeah. Because if the government just loosen up a little bit, people are going to take over. And that's what the government knows too. They're afraid of people. Yeah. They're afraid of, especially they're afraid of people like me. Because now there's a generation that are going to speak up, that are going to speak out, you know, against all this stuff, and they were very scared. Uh, they've been trying to, like, report my Instagram page. They've been trying to, like, you know, uh, post comments under my videos, like, oh, you're not in Iran. You shouldn't be talking about stuff like this. Like, uh, they've been trying to discourage all of us. So they're they're still even involved oh, yeah. in posting on your yeah. stuff. So uh, it's kind of funny. It's kind of actually scary that um, so the IRGC, or Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, which is, like, the organization that... Uh, hold the government in place because they're super big. They're probably the biggest terrorist organization in the world. Um, they have a part. So there's this like little part in IRGC that's called the cyber army. So they have people online that are going to target people like me and they're going to come after us. What they're going to know, what, what they know now is like, this is not going to work anymore. We're not going to back out. You know, you're not going to like be scared stuff. of a comment no. on Instagram. No. Yeah. Not even that. They can report my pages. I will open up new pages. You know, I'm verified every, everywhere else too. You know, so there's no way for them, and they are very. Oh, so they're trying to shut some of your channels down. Yes, they they did try to. <laughs> uh, they uh, closed my Instagram for like five days, but I got it back eventually, and then I got verified, and then now it's just over for them. They can't do anything anymore. But I think they're still waiting yeah. for the right time to, like, you know, do something. They're watching us. I know it. I get DMs, you know, from people back there, you know, trying to scare me, you know, uh, telling me, like, oh, you have family here. I'm like, look, my family knows it, too. They're ready. You can't do anything to us. Because even people in Iran, 
they accepted the consequences of their actions. So no one's scared anymore, especially after all the kids that died during this past like year and a half, two years ago. No one's scared. Another thing I know, so just for people to know, to get a reference, I think I have, um, Jeff, how many followers do you have on Instagram? Uh, like, uh, 10K, 10,000. 10, That's pretty good. Yeah, I have 1,000. Um, yeah. Arshia, Arshia has uh, 340,000. Something like that. <laughs> Something yeah. like that, he says. Yeah, something like that, more or less, something like that. Yeah. And that's just Instagram, I'm sure. That's just Instagram. Twitter yeah. or, t- or threads or yeah. Facebook or whatever. I mean, all these other things yeah. are on there as well. So there's a lot of people that are following you. Um, let's talk right. a bit, because another, a part of that, I pulled up another. There were a couple of videos where I saw, and people may not know, a lot of you, you do, you do hip-hop or rap in, in English. Right. But you do a lot in Farsi. I do in Farsi too. So that means there's a very focused group you're targeting Iranians, right? <laughs> right. Um, not, there's not a lot of the rest of the world that speaks Farsi. No. Right. It's very yeah. limited. And you, I remember, and a couple of them, you were out either it. Well, your your the video was set up like a demonstration because you had pictures of people who had been in prison. Right. Poets, creatives, yes. musicians. Talk a little bit about that and advocating for these folks. I just saw this, you know, this article here where there's like right. 95 years handed down to 11 of these to 11 prisoners. Uh, creatives, you know, and it's yeah. it's a it's a collection of people who are poets or social activists yes. or you know all sorts of things. Talk yep. talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Well, uh, I feel like. It's a major responsibility for someone like me. I have to be their voice because they're in prison. And not a lot of people are, like, speaking up for these people. I mean, so people in Iran talk about it. But uh, outside of Iran, that's where everything matters more. Because in Iran, everyone knows about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like... But they're not to, allowed to talk about they're it. They're not allowed to talk anymore. Yeah, because even if you talk, you're going to go to jail. At least, like, a year or two. And then when you come out, you'll be like... Why would I talk anymore? You know, you're going to be scared because you know the consequences. Yeah. And uh, people outside of Iran. So I'm grateful for all the, all the people outside of Iran, all the Persians, all the Iranians um, that are actually like speaking up, that are using their platforms to echo these voices because uh, it takes a lot of courage. And uh, for someone like me, I don't know, I think it was like more like a personal thing because I was thinking about myself. I was like, if I was in jail and no one was talking about me, just because I stood up for my people, how would I feel? Mm. Pretty bad. I'll be like, look, I did all this stuff for these people. I was trying to like, you know, help them socially. And uh, now I'm in jail and no one is talking about me. Yeah. That's pretty sad. So uh, whatever I do, it's like, it's not just for me necessarily anymore. It's for these kids. It's for like, you know, these young people who got nothing to do in Iran anymore, who are in jail and you look like, you know, at the reason and the government tells you that because they, they spoke against. So there's like a, a little thing that they say, if you speak against the Supreme Leader, you got to go to jail. And there's also another thing that, uh, you know, there's a, the crimes are funny. You know, it's like if you speak against like organized religion in Iran, which is Islam, they will give you at least five years. And speaking against means even if you like, you know, do a, a criticize them. You don't even have to like speak like badly. If, even if you criticize them, they will put you in jail. And that's why I was like, oh, we need to change some stuff, especially like, you know, 
because people like me, we got a bigger platform. And the platform was growing. And uh, it stopped like a year and a half ago after like my Instagram got reported. But after like four or five months, I restored like, you know, everything else back to normal. And then I started using it again. And then I realized that there's a lot of people who appreciate stuff like this because I, I get DMs from people in Iran. People come out of jail and then they DM me and they be like, no one remembered us, but you did. And mm. uh, yeah, at one point, like, you know, it was a few months ago. Um, so there's this guy, a rapper in Iran. His name is Too Much, Too Much Salehi. And he's a great guy. I think he's my age or maybe a year or two like older than me. Mm -hmm. um, He's been doing the same thing in Iran. I think same so, thing you're doing, but same thing doing I'm doing, there. but in Iran. Yeah. I mean, a little bit like, you know, less aggressive, mm -hmm. you know, because we have more freedom, of course, over here. But uh, they gave him like five years total. And uh, since 2022, since November 2022, he was in jail till four months ago, three months ago. They uh, he got out. Of, uh, they bailed him out for like 10 days. Then he went back to jail again because the first day that he came out, he dropped another video talking against all this stuff. Next day, they got him again. So when I see stuff like this, I'm like, for someone like me, I have to. It's a responsibility because if I don't do it, I feel like I'm not using my art. I'm not using my platform properly. And, uh, you know, I feel like this message has to be delivered to people because not a lot of people are doing this. So in Iran... It's not just criticizing religion as a whole, like any critique at all. Like I just any don't critique. like what they... So any like, critique. So like if someone said, sent me an email or, or posted on Facebook, I think the communion wafers at Chapwood taste like cardboard, you know, we could have thrown them in jail for five years. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Right. Just for that. It was in Iran just for that. It's jail. Yeah. 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 Five You know, some, some of that may... Uh, some people might like that here, but I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no. No, it's, it's no. And it, it's sad. You know, the, the fact that I, what I really love, I think it's a calling for you. Yeah. I mean, you're doing something, yeah, for yourself. You got a calling for other people. I mean, these folks are in prison, and then no, you're to remember them and to continue to advocate for them, I think is really cool. I mean, what do you think about that, Jeff? It's wild. I mean, I don't think a lot of people here even have conceptually can like fathom what's going on there. So, right. Super sick. I'm excited to hear about, you know, what your plans are for the future and stuff you're working on now. So, I appreciate yeah, what, what, it. what are you, what are you working on now? And, and, and what are things are still in front of you from the activist side? That, and what, what are you looking ahead for the future? What are you excited about? Yeah. So activist side, uh, I kind of slowed down on it because the repression was real out there in Iran. So people kind of calmed down, mm -hmm. but by force. So what I decided to do was uh, just do my own little, like, you know, social media thing because I have this, like, strong movement. And uh, the videos that I dropped, they get, like, half a million views, like, in two weeks. They get a million views in, like, a few days, some of them. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to keep doing the same thing. So my journey was supposed to uh, be more focused on the English side. Because eventually I want to like, you know, go on tour. I want to like have concerts, have shows over here. And in 2022, everything changed. When Masa Amini died, that first girl, it just sparked like, you know, all these like uh, uprisings in big cities, small towns in Iran. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, maybe I should dedicate a little bit more of my uh, artistic journey to what's going on in Iran. So I want to come back to the English side a little bit more j just because I think even if I want to do my activism, I think it will be more... I think it will be stronger and probably more impactful if I do it in English for people 
who don't know what's going on in that part of the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you can be a translator or what's the word? I'm, you're, you're sort of a go-between because right. a lot of the ones that you do about activism that I've seen are in Farsi. In Farsi. Well, yeah. unless there's subtitles, I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, unless A I lot mean, of people don't, no, yeah. Nobody in America knows what you're talking about. Right. But you're actually talking about people who have been imprisoned and right. kind of what they did and what they said and what's wrong, all that sort of stuff. So, right. yeah, I mean, if you're able to translate that for an American audience, right. I mean, there's already this stuff going on in the world now in the news with Iran and all their proxies and militaries. Yes. I mean, the terrorism, there's so much, um, the, you know, it's just interesting to me that there's so much disruption in the Middle East, a it lot. comes out of yeah. uh, out of Iran. You have Palestine, Israel, right now. Then you have Hashad al-Shabi in Iraq. That's another proxy for them. Then they have uh, Bashar Assad in Syria. You know. Then um, they have uh, Houthis. Houthis in Yemen, and uh, it's a lot of them. Yeah. Then Hamas is still there, you know. So. But yeah, I don't really want to get into that because that's no, a whole different argument. You know? I, know, like, I know, I know. People are going to come for me later. <laughs> <laughs> well, people are going to come for me too, so it's yeah, not a problem. I got you. I'm with you then. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think as, as, you know, I, I like the idea of you figuring out how to use your art to inform people. Right. And educate people in America or English speaking people anywhere. Anywhere. About what's going on in Iran. I mean, you right. have, I mean, you stay connected. I mean, these, like you said, there's people coming out of Iranian prisons that are right. messaging you saying, thanks for remembering me. So, I mean, it's, it's so just, heartwarming. Yeah, but to yeah. stay connected there and to know what's going on, I think sometimes all we have access to is a limited, you know, whatever news network we, were, we right. watch. And they really yeah. only talk about it. You know, they're not talking about political activists. Not really. They're just talking about when things flare up from time to right. time. And I don't really blame them, though, because one thing is, like, people in America, they might start thinking, like, all right, though, Iran is in the, our part of the world. Why should we really care about it? So to an extent, I get it. But then what I want people to understand is, like, it will have a big impact on the whole world. Because that government will not just stop, like, you know, there. They want to, like, you know, uh, take war to everywhere else in the Middle East. What they're doing to Houthis, like, by funding them, by supplying them with, like, guns and, like, you know, rockets yeah. and stuff like that, they're hurting everyone else, too. So it's not just Iranian people. That's what we intend to tell them. We're like, look, extremists will come for everyone. Yes, because there's, that, no, there's no peaceful there's no, outcome. So, there's for an no extremist. peaceful outcome at all. Because so the whole mindset, that whole uh, jihadi mindset, is like Islam has to go everywhere. They want they want to take over the world. That's the thing. That's why they have proxies. That's why I, want, I wanted people to like you know be more informed about stuff like this. Islamic Republic in Iran is not just in Iran. They planted their seeds everywhere. Right now they're in Canada. They're here too. A lot of their kids are here, you know, they send like, you know, their like young kids here, they give them money, stuff like that. We don't even know how they can bypass all these like, you know, filters that they have. But uh, they end up here and they're watching people like us, people like me. And um, which is like kind of crazy because uh, there should be like a way to, for, for the government, for the federal government to target all these people and be like, who gave you all the pass to come here? Y'all shouldn't really be here because yeah. Iran is under sanction. You know, all the big members of IRGC in the Islamic Republic of Iran, they are sanctioned. 
So how can their kids come here? Yeah, that's this, a good question. Yeah, this isn't our thing. And uh, so it doesn't just stop there. The whole, the ultimate level for them is just to take over the world and just turn all countries like, you know, into a Muslim country. And uh, they have a fight between themselves too, because Shias and Sunnis are also fighting. The same thing was going on in Iran. And uh, if people know the history of the world, it was also a war going on between Iraq and Iran 40 years ago. Yeah. Saddam Hussein attacked Iran. The war was going on for eight years. Mm -hmm. So that would never stop. And now with everything with Hamas and them, Islamic Republic was the biggest uh, supplier of Hamas. Like the major contributor to Hamas was Islamic Republic of Iran. The government, not the mm -hmm. people, of course. The people are different. The people are against the government. This is also a very important thing because it gets complicated. I try to tell people, I'm like, yeah. the people of Iran, they're not the government. The government is so different. It's like they're extremist people. They're fundamentalists. And people, they're regular people. They want to live their lives. It seems to be, from the way I understand, of course, you know, uh, Iran up until 1979 was very Western, a lot of Western influence, and it was moving in a yes. Western uh, direction. It was. And then, of course, the the revolution. Khomeini came. Yeah. And so uh, it's changed, but there's still, when you look like, even when I see those videos when you were still in Iran, I mean, the kids dress like you do in the U.S. Yes. Um, you have young girls that don't want to necessarily dress Right. The way they want them to, mm -hmm. or they want to dress like Westerners, and that yep. probably gets them in trouble too. Yeah. I would imagine. And they don't care anymore. They're fighting. Yeah. So it's like a part of this like social fight going on because they were like, all right, so you want to put everyone in jail? How many people can you put in jail? This is how the younger people in Iran think right now. Wow. And I think uh, now they're seeing people like me being their voice, and they're like, okay, now we have like a, a external backup. We have like someone outside there that is watching us and is like, you know, telling, saying to the whole world that, look, these kids are not alone. These people are not alone. And if anything happens to them, they're going to be people like me, especially since our platforms are growing too, that you can't just like kill them and put them in jail and think that no one's going to talk about it. We're going to be talking about it. I'll be here. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be here. I'll be yelling. I'll be like telling everyone. I'll be informing people. Yeah. Because we have to raise awareness sometimes. Well, as we kind of wind down the conversation, um, there's some people may not even be aware of this, but you know, right. in the United States, there'll be elections in 2024. Mm -hmm. I'm reading Iran will have elections for parliament in like 2024. A, like a week or two. Yeah, pretty soon in March. Yeah. And uh, I was just reading in one article that in the last elections, uh, only about 40% of the people turned out to vote. Um, it was less than that. That's what it says. Yeah. It was the lowest since 1979. Right. But and the people who report those numbers are the same agents for the Islamic Republic. Yeah. So, all those so they're probably rounding them up. way yeah. up. So people don't really, I mean, it's not, There's when they say they're going to have a vote. It's not a real voting. <laughs> it's, it's a joke. Yeah. It's a sham voting. You know, it's like a fake, like, you know, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it because everything's engineered. Yeah. Like, uh, first of all, people who want to get qualified, you know, to be those members for, for the Congress, mm -hmm. they have to go through these Islamic filters, right? So imagine if there's like a thousand people, only like 50 of them who are super dedicated to the Supreme Leader are going to come out of that filter, right? Yeah. And then among those 50 people, 45 of them, they don't really care about nothing. They just want to be dedicated to the, to the government, mm -hmm. right? 
so it's like it's a joke you know end of the day because they're really not for the people they don't have a choice nah, yeah. yeah and that's what people know too you know that's why especially this year i think it will be the worst i don't think anyone gonna show up but the other thing is like government is also um they had they have their own fan base they have their own little crew mm-hmm. and uh we call them a part of them we call them bcgs bcgs are probably like you know um the worst type of people in a society when it comes to social stuff. They want to limit everyone else. And the reason is not just because of their own beliefs, but but also because they get little incentives from the government, right? So the mm-hmm. government, like, you know, pays them, if you want to, like, uh, convert it to, like, U.S. dollars, like $20 a month, and they will do everything for the government, everything. $20 a month, U.S. is probably pretty good bit of money for them. <laughs> for them, yeah, it, it would turn out to be, like, 1 million reals, but... Right now, not anymore. With the inflation rate, oh. not anymore. Yeah. But uh, so they get little incentives. And then it's kind of heartbreaking that the kids who do stuff like that, uh, who join that little Basijis, Basijis is like an unofficial militia in Iran. Okay. Yeah. So they will have like a higher, like a, what we call a higher score when they want to go to college. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like regular kids, they're going to study all this stuff. And they're not going to join Basij or anything like that. They're not going to be like little snitches for the government. And they're going to have a lower chance to get into good schools compared to people who do stuff like that, but they don't study. Yep. That's the type of government that we're fighting See? against right now. Sounds like Harvard's a good thing you didn't go to Harvard. <laughs> you went right. to Houston. You went to a hey, good, you went to a good <laughs> right. hardworking American school <laughs> right. where you got a good degree. Yeah. You had to make a grade. They put a ring on it, you know. I like know. A ring. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it'll be cougars out here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I have a question for you. Right. So you have a foot in, like, the church. Right. You have a foot in Houston rap culture mm-hmm. and then in this activism for... Uh, for Iran, right. what would your advice be to the Christian church on ways that they can reach people in these different kind of like subsections in the world? Right now, I would say social media. I would say social media is probably the easiest way to reach out to people hmm. because uh, the message, uh, I think it would be hard to do, do like, you know, physically because then you have to go to these gatherings with like Persians and stuff like that. And uh, Iranians are scattered. I don't know if you you're just talking about like the Iranian community or if you're talking about I like, mean like all the communities that you're a part of. Yeah. Because you obviously have resonated with Christianity in right. a way that um, that kind of has like a parallel to your activism and the yeah. reason you care about people. So I'd just be curious on kind of what your opinion would be on how to how to reach into those different kind of. Communities. Yeah. How can the yeah. Christian church? How can a church like Chapelwood do a good job of making sure we're staying connected to the hip hop community, but also like. The community that you're in with Iranian American community to help let them know we're being we're supportive. Right. Right. Mm. You wanna know the easiest way? Yeah. I'm here. Me. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty much sure we can do it together. Yeah. I think well, that's why I wanted you to way. come yeah. and do this because it breaks. It's long overdue. Yeah. yeah to do we've this been talking you. about it for a yeah. long time. But it breaks down one wall. It breaks down one wall to people in Chapelwood and people in a church culture who may listen to this podcast to get to meet you and see you. Right. And that way when they go look at some of your videos and they go, whoa, I don't think that's my cup <laughs> that's of my tea. tea. <laughs> yeah. But now they've heard you as a human, of a person, your desires, your faith, your activism. And right. while they may not, it's just like somebody like, you know, maybe you're not a punk rocker. Maybe you're not a country music singer. Maybe, you know, all these genres are just. I do country just, songs too. 
Oh, you do? Yeah. I like Beyonce. I play my guitar. Yeah, I, I do I like, all of it. I like yeah. Beyonce. I like Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, all those genres speak. That, those are just methods or avenues of creative outlet. That's right. all they are. But what's the message? And that's, I think, like you said, like on some of your videos, and, it, and you see them a lot in hip-hop videos where there's money raining down and there's right. girls and there's guns and there's cars and all that. But what what are the words being said? You know, what what's, True. you know, they talk a lot about, here, look how successful I am, all right, but how did you get there? And you're talking about applying yourself, your story, right? Right. Is you're successful, maybe not in the way it's portrayed in your videos. That's kind of a hyper uh, version, you know, a creative way of filling that out. But, yeah, communicating to people in the church what's going on behind all that, you. Yeah. And then having people in your community hear from me or from the church saying, hey, we get this. And we may not look like you when you are doing the video. Right, right. <laughs> and I may not, we may not dress the same now, but right. we have a same common faith. We have the same common interest in justice, you know, and a same common interest in speaking out when there's a, these things that are happening that are unfair yeah. and inequity in the world. Yeah. And you just have a unique bridge, kind of like the Apostle Paul who had, you know, a foot in Judaism and a foot in the Greek Hellenistic culture and right. the birthing of Christianity. He he kind of was in the right place at the right time with all these avenues. I kind of see you like as a modern-day Paul. You know, you're not writing epistles, but you're writing lyrics, you're producing videos, you're producing entertainment, but it's speaking specifically to, you know, part of it. And, and I know not all your stuff's going to be activism stuff, but the fact yeah, that, no. that that's heavy on your heart I think is really cool. I appreciate that. That, I love was, that. that was such a beautiful comparison. Appreciate Apostle that. Apostle Paul. Yeah. You yeah. have to write a new, a new, what do you call it? A new song, a new poem. Right. About how you are the modern day Paul. You bridge the societies together. And one of my songs, I will definitely do that. But so I have all these like projects coming out. Well, uh, maybe you know about On The Radar, that little platform that they do free songs on and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Drake was on it like a while uh-huh. ago. So they, they invited me on the platform like, you nice. know, uh, two months ago. It's, it's still not out yet. I think it should probably be out like in a couple of days. Okay. So I'm also doing stuff like that. Um, so uh, because I want to rep Houston. I want to rep Texas. I want to rep my Persian community. I want to rep my church. I want to rep my brothers. I want to rep everyone, you know. And it's like seven, eight major things that are contributing to my growth. And uh that already contributed to my growth, and I want to rip all of them because I'm all about like you know community, honesty, integrity. I have my own principles that I will stand on them forever, mm-hmm. and uh, this is what I'm trying to keep doing. And uh, all these projects that are, that are going to come out, not all of them going to be about like you know activism, not yeah, of all course. of them, yeah. But uh, I want to like you know show people that I'm also not a limited person. Like I don't just want to do rap and the like, you know, that traditional form that was going on. Like, just talk about, like, partying and having fun. No, I'm just not that type of person. All right, explain to me what Houston Drill, what is Drill? Houston Drill. <laughs> what is Houston Drill? So Educate drill, this yeah. old white man on what Houston yeah. Drill is. Because I, I know I know hip-hop, I knew rap, old school, but what's Houston right. Drill? So Drill is a genre of music. Drill started in Chicago, but that was the original form of Drill. Then it made its way to United Kingdom. Then it changed. The beats changed and uh, the lyrics changed. So you have to be more lyrical. So drill is not like trap. Trap music is like just 
like, you know, something wavy that you can just head bop to it and be like, okay, it's cool and party on it. Drill is more lyrical. It can get more aggressive too in the UK form mm -hmm. because so they're talking about drilling their enemies, right? But um, Houston drill was uh, because people made New York drill, I think. So uh, they kind of copied the same format and they just changed it like, you know, the beat a little bit, made it more New York style. Mm -hmm. And I was looking around, I was like, no one was doing it in Texas. And I was like, why? Like uh, all these like big rappers from Texas never did it. They had all this time to do it. Like uh, Bun B, all these OGs, shout out to all of them. You know, mm -hmm. I love all of them. I get inspired by them, but no one did it. Maybe because the saw was like a little bit different. So I was like, uh, I'm here and uh, I can rap in two languages and uh, I'm a drill rapper. So how about I make something called Houston Drill? So that was the first step. And now the second step, after two years right now, like in a couple of months, I'm gonna drop another one called uh, Country Drill, right? Okay. So, so it's not just limited to Houston anymore. It's like, I'm a, I wanna install some country, like, you know, features into my songs, like play guitar in the background, but still it's a drill song. So drill is a little bit different. You know, the beats are kind of like, you know, uh, what we call it, the rhyme is a little different. Yeah. It might be a little faster. So you have to be lyrical, but it's not just like same fast words, like back to back, not like that. So I want to rip like. So country. lyrical, poetic kind of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you want to, if you want to get into the advanced PhD of drill, you have to go online and Google all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's so that's Houston drill. And on Houston drill, I actually repped all the legends. I repped Houston. It was, it was about Houston. It was m my dedication to the city. We listened to a little bit everything. of that. Yeah. It's got yeah. all the locals, local legends, times, yep. yes, towns. Yep. Like on the chorus, I've been like, you know, chopped and screwed a little bit, you know, shout out to DJ screw, shout out mm -hmm. to all of them, like OG yeah. rappers. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, I love you. I appreciate you coming and doing too. this. Appreciate too. it. This is Thank so you. awesome. And to to hear the story and to get it on tape or digital right. or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, you know, is just really cool because I think this will at least. I mean, you have your audience. Uh, we're not breaking in your audience, and and that's fine. But I think you need people and that listen to this and other people need to hear what you're doing absolutely and then also look for she on uh, on sunday mornings from time to time he's kind of he's, he's funny because you know sometimes he'll show up like contemporary service and you'd yeah. think guys hip-hop houston drill he show he'll show up at the traditional worship service i do and, yeah and I, like I with both the organ in the choir <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'm out preaching and i'm like she is at the traditional <laughs> service dude. i appreciate all of it you know i like, know it's yeah. awesome i just think it's cool he's like yeah that's awesome man i appreciate, appreciate you being here i appreciate you and for so having make me. sure Thank um you. and go uh, one of the things i know uh, go um, look up our uh, we'll have them in the show notes and also jeff right. i'll share the contacts for look there he is you just came up on my oh yeah instagram. i just dropped this one you know for the so fans. it's it's uh, ar3hi on instagram um and but we'll put all those links below and so that yes. if you're listening to this so, and if you speak Farsi, you're going to have a blast because <laughs> there's a lot of content in Farsi. But yes. man, uh, thanks for coming and make sure on Pod Have Mercy, but also visit Arshia's uh, stuff and check him out. Uh, you're going to hear more about him as it comes in the future as well. I'm glad Absolutely. that you're here. Make sure you Appreciate subscribe it. and like and uh, share the podcast. This is a good one to share, especially if you're Thank interested you in kind of what's going on in the world and how you can be involved in advocating for other people, especially if you want an update on what's really going on in Iran. Right. I mean, you heard it 
first uh, primary resource here. So Appreciate anything you. else, Jeff? That's great. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, we have this way we sign off. I say yep. my name. You say your name. Cool. Jeff, I'm going to let you say your name. Let's yeah. Go. Oh. <laughs> and then we say, so I'm John yeah. Stevens. Arshia Komeli. I'm Jeff Wood. And this is Pod Have Mercy. Yes, sir. Pod Have Mercy. My guy. Man, I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate That's you. That's awesome.